Welcome back to Down the Rabbit Hole. I'm Jake. And I'm Jason. We started this during the coronavirus pandemic, so unfortunately we had to record in separate locations. We apologize for any audio hiccups. Today, we're going down the rabbit hole of TikTok. What is it? What does it do for China? And why is it a concern for the United States? We're going to go through the basics first, just so we can have an informed opinion. So with that, let's start with a basic description, Jake. Sure. So TikTok or Douyin, which is the Chinese version of the app, is a Chinese video sharing, a social networking service owned by a company called ByteDance. We'll discuss in a minute. Um, TikTok kind of rose to fame almost overnight and it became one of the most popular social media apps in the United States and across the world. Um, It was formerly Musical.ly and then bought and rebranded as TikTok. Um, It's extremely popular among children and young adults, particularly, which makes some of the concerns that we have even more concerning, given the age of the audience. Um, And on TikTok, you know, as we mentioned, it's a video sharing platform where you make skits and that kind of stuff. Every user has a profile um, and some of the privacy models and controls are similar and consistent with other social media platforms that we're familiar with, like Facebook. Yeah. So about that, everyone has a profile and everyone can choose what their privacy settings are. And there are three of them. Um, You can set them to everyone, meaning anyone with an account can discover you and can see your content. You can set it to friends only. So that means anybody you have a accepted friend request from, or it could be just me, which means that nobody can see your content. But we should say that just because you can set it to just me or friends doesn't mean that the information is not being sent to TikTok. It's just about what others can see. So... You had mentioned ByteDance. That is that a private company or is that a Chinese state run? So ByteDance is a private company. Um, it's a multinational internet technology company that's headquartered in Beijing. Uh, it was founded by a gentleman called Ziang Yiming in 2012. It's reportedly worth over 100 billion U.S. dollars, and that's as of May 2020. Um, its core product is this, is this uh, content platform called Tuoyutao. It's platform in China, India, Japan, and really across the world, but it's most popular in those locations. Um, given the magnitude of the business, there are links to the Chinese government with some theorizing that the government and the ruling party has a hand in controlling who operates TikTok, um, how it operates, where it operates, what it can and can't do, and so on and so forth. But there, just to be clear, there is no concrete link between the Chinese government and ByteDance, either in ownership or control over TikTok. And it does have an American arm that operates in California and employs just over a thousand people. You've probably seen some of the videos going viral of the um, U.S. representative, the head of the U.S. representative, uh, TikTok, talking about the future of the app uh, on Twitter this week. She's been very vocal. But if they have a headquarters in California, what's the problem then? We hear so much about the national concerns, or I'm sorry, the national security concerns. But if they have this headquarters in the U.S., what are those concerns? Yeah, so there's a few different types of national security concerns we have going on here with TikTok, and I'll I'll categorize them into three unique spots. Um, One is to do with censorship. One is to do with the potential of TikTok being used in information operations, and then one is about more of the data protection and privacy side of of the app. Well, we did cover a bit of um, censorship, so let's start with censorship. Yeah, so... 
the, the, from the U.S. perspective, we have Senator Marco Rubio, who's called for a formal investigation into TikTok. Um, and he's, he's said that um, the Chinese government's nefarious efforts to censor information inside uh, free societies around the world cannot be accepted and pose serious long-term challenges to the United States. So what he's talking about there is that um, there's rumors kind of formulated by an internal memo within TikTok that was leaked and then reported on by The Guardian that was instructing moderators of the app to censor content that mentions topics sensitive to the Communist Party, including the likes of the Hong Kong riots, um, the Tian- anything to do with Tiananmen Square or Tibetan independence, and more notably, the Uyghur issue in, in recent months uh, and weeks, really. So the censorship problem in a baseline form is that the moderators of the app are not promoting pro or anti-china content on the app and that's obviously a problem in the free society in the united states which the app operates so you actually mentioned the uyghurs right and we covered that in our last episode and we know that there are gross human rights violations but still china works to cover them up and i guess what you're saying here is they can use tiktok to try to change the narrative about what's going on by um censoring the content that comes out about it so that is a big concern yeah absolutely i mean we see on twitter on instagram on facebook images of the uyghurs and, and the problems they're having in china i know the thing went viral last week with the nba and about some of the problems that the that they were uh, wrapped up in with the Uyghur population and some of the abuses that were going on over there and like i just said you saw that content on twitter on facebook on instagram and pro- you know on the news and magazines and journals too as well but it was accessible on those social media platforms um on tiktok given what the chinese communist party is attempting to do on the app that's you know very closely related to them you wouldn't be able to see that content and as Senator Rubio says, that's a problem to the United States. Um, another huge problem that we talked about last week, too, is, is information operations. It's, an, it's also a concern with TikTok. Uh, last week, we spoke about how Facebook was used and weaponized as a uh, tool for information operations in the 2016 election, in the 2018 midterms, um, through the COVID-19 crisis, and also the Black Lives Matter movement. We spoke a lot about how Facebook was used there. Um, the threat that uh, two senators from the United States, Senator Schumer of New York and, and Cotton of Arkansas, are wondering if TikTok could be used in a similar manner to, to weaponize information. Um, they sent a letter to the director of national intelligence uh, emphasizing, and I'm reading directly here from their press release, that TikTok, the platform, is a potential target of foreign influence campaigns, similar to those carried out during the 2016 election on U.S.-based social media platforms. Uh, Leader Schumer and Senator Cotton say that further action is needed to address the growing counterintelligence and national security threats posed by the China-owned technology firm ByteDance. I mean, they're they're making um, an assessment here that we, we can't back in facts, but there are national security risks posed by TikTok and other China-owned content platforms in the U.S., and they they are requesting a congressional briefing on the findings that has yet to be published. Um, and then just quickly, I'll mention the data concern issue. We'll get into that very, very in-depth in a second. But TikTok does collect data, as you've mentioned, and we'll continue to talk about. And we have a Chinese law in the books uh, requiring companies to turn over data to the Chinese government if formally requested. And that's been published by Vox in an article written by Rebecca Jennings. And just so we make clear Vox being a more liberal-leaning source, it shows that this isn't a party issue. It's, it's really a cross-party issue. And you talking about Senator Schumer and, and Senator Cotton, that also demonstrates how this is a cross, uh, cross-aisle issue. 
Right. And I think even in the wake of the Facebook stuff in 2016, we saw people on both sides of the aisle call out uh, the problems there. So it's definitely something that's, you know, crossing party lines and isn't caught up in a Trump thing, a Republican thing, uh, a Nancy Pelosi thing or a Democrat thing at the same time. Yeah. And and when you were talking, I actually was reminded of a transparency report that TikTok published. And it was it was not too long ago, but they claimed that there were no formal requests for information from them by the Chinese government. In fact, um, India, Japan, and the United States were the top three, um, which is strange given that law that you had just talked about from China. Uh, But then on the other hand, there was a lawsuit in California that states that TikTok actually did secretly vacuum up all this data from phones and send it to China uh, the Chinese government specifically, with a whole bunch of personally identifiable information that you know China could then turn around and use for targeting and profiling. Yeah, and the targeting and profiling thing is super concerning, given some of the points we made earlier about the audience of TikTok and the user base being in that you know younger age group, twenty one and under. There are definitely people of all ages using the platform, but it's most popular with younger Americans. Um, and the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, actually fined the owners of TikTok a record fee of five point seven million dollars for collecting data on children aged. You, you said five point seven million because that that's a gross number. Yeah, the record fee of all time handed out by the FTC. Um, and some of those some of those data that they're collecting can be used for some nefarious things, such as tracking shopping interests. Um, and that can kind of factor into some longer term geopolitical issues. There are theories that China could see what's being promoted on TikTok, what's being interacted with, what's being researched, and then raise prices on goods that are made in China that correlate with what's trending on TikTok. And the other thing is if if brands are popular on TikTok or companies or people even or uh, media platforms and the like, they could you know use the data consumed and collected via TikTok to target specific brands, people, etc. for attacks in the future. And and really, all that comes from the permissions we grant the application when we download it and have it on our phones. And just looking at some of the permissions granted here, specifically for Androids, some of them are pretty normal. We, we would give Facebook and Instagram, Twitter the same things, you know, access to take pictures or access to record audio, connect to the Wi-Fi. But then some of them do seem a bit strange, like preventing your phone from sleeping or scanning other running apps that are um, on your phone, or um, controlling the downloads of packages directly to update it. And, you know, that would go through the, um, the Google Play Store, and you would see that happening. Uh, so some of them can be used kind of to weaponize. But with all of that in context, what is President Trump proposing? So... The the short story is that President Trump is proposing a ban on TikTok in the United States if it's not bought by an American company within 45 days. And he's used an executive order to do that. And I'm going to quote directly from the executive order to explain how he justifies this potential ban. Uh, the executive order says that TikTok automatically captures vast swaths of information from its users, including internet and other network activity information, such as location data and browsing and search history. The data collection threatens to allow the Chinese Communist Party access to Americans' personal and proprietary information, 
potentially allowing China to track the locations of federal employees, contractors, build dossiers of personal information for blackmail, and conduct corporate espionage. And it may also be used for disinformation campaigns that benefit the Chinese Communist Party, such as when TikTok videos spread debunked conspiracy theories about the origins of the 2019 coronavirus. So that kind of sums up the three talking points that we mentioned from the senators and also some of the outside sources, right? And actually, the the points that you were making really coincide to the three uh, general themes that you were talking about, like censorship or information operations. Um, and, you know, TikTok has already been banned by the Department of Defense for use in, uh, for its members. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think there is some weight to what the president is saying here, and it's been echoed across the aisle and through media platforms. And I think that kind of explains the, you know, the nitty gritty of why this is such an issue. We can kind of get into a conversation about what we think about some of these points the senators, president, and journalists have made and whether or not they're, they're valuable. So uh, what I heard from your last statement is that you do think it would be a good idea, or is there kind of a slippery slope aspect? So I think what the president is saying for maybe once in a long time has some truth to it, um, that there are these national security concerns that come with TikTok. Um, personally, I would probably push back against the use of an executive order to, to handle this problem. And I would say that this is a good opportunity for students and interested people in the topic to understand exactly how presidential powers work and how we should be working with the legislature to, to make such an important decision in our country. Listen, the, 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 the user base of TikTok is growing rapidly. It's in the millions. And the president is putting in place an executive order that will have an effect on those millions of users. Do I think that you know the use of, of an executive order is the best way to handle the situation? Probably not. But there is some validity to what he's saying and what he wants to do. I mean, I guess it all comes back to our civics classes, correct? Yes. What, uh, what we should have yeah. taken in high school. Our defunded I, civics classes. That is. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I would agree with you. And I would also point to how... TikTok, one of the permissions, is getting um, precise GPS data and approximate GPS data. So we know from, if you remember the Strava running app incident with the Department of Defense, that mm -hmm. you know if, if we grant these applications permission, then it could lead to, I'll say, poor outcomes for <laughs> the government. And I'll put that pretty lightly since we know Strava may or may not have outlined um, specific locations around the world. <laughs> Compromised to very secret locations. Right? Yeah, so yeah. I'll agree with you that this app um, from the outset really just looks like a Facebook, like a Twitter, but when you when you get into the data collection and, and who could potentially use it, then it starts getting murky. And I do agree with you that the President Trump's, the idea behind it, the sentiment is a, is a just cause. So let's take a quick step back here and, and kind of talk about the three main concerns and maybe assess whether or not we think they have validity. We've kind of hinted at the overall picture, but I think it would be helpful to run down the three of them. So Absolutely. The first, one, first one being the censorship problem. Do you think that uh, – I'm going to quote Senator Rubio again here and say that maybe he does have a point that China censoring information within the United States via their controlled or theoretically controlled app is a problem? I think that – uh, point blank, yes, um, I'll agree with the senator there, and it's pretty much because the U.S. believes in this free internet, the free flow of information, and the exchange of information, um, regardless of if it is uh, kind of publicly damaging to an image. Um, we as a society uh, have built on the idea that if you do something wrong and it comes out in the public light, then that is something you have to deal with. And mm -hmm. it makes, it's no different for a person than a, than a full nation. So I do think that 
the censorship aspect is is something we need to focus on because what's stopping China from then removing any negative post outside of Hong Kong or Tiananmen Square or the Uyghurs, but anything that says anything bad about China? Yeah, I think that's that's a great point. And it's also not just what's stopping them, but it's a key part of their foreign policy, right? It's to enhance their image on the international stage and prevent people from knowing about some of their indiscretions in the past. And right now, we're giving them or allowing them to have a vehicle to do that in the United States through TikTok if, and I'm saying if here very explicitly, the rumors are true that the Chinese Communist Party is controlling and moderating content on TikTok. Yes, yeah, I'll, I'll caveat my statement by saying if – as well, those the rumors are true. In talking factually, we cannot assess the fact that it is true, but we, it's a pretty decent hypothetical, right? I, I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah, and for the information operations side of it, which does uh, coincide with the censorship, um, as we talked in our last episode, information operations are real; they are ongoing, and with. TikTok operating through cyberspace, they can be happening all the time, 24-7, and shifting opinions rapidly. And just to add on to that, two things quickly. One is that you're shifting opinions of a very, I'm going to say the word, uh, vulnerable population in youth, right? Is that the they're impressionable, I think is a better word for the situation. That, that's a good one, yeah. Impressionable user base of TikTok is being swung by potential misinformation through the TikTok app. And also, I'm going to refer positively back to something the president said again, which might come as a shock, um, when he says that there are debunked conspiracy theories about the origins of the 2019 coronavirus on TikTok. It's just a perfect example of the fact that information operations are already ongoing on the app, and the future of them to be used in an election is concerning, Whether what's whatever side of the aisle you fall into. There. Exactly, and even outside of elections, you, you talked about the age group that is – um, the largest on TikTok, and we'll talk about data collection. If you create a profile and you start using this at 15, mm-hmm. uh, you have years on years of collection potential. Let's say the person uses it. Uh, I'll, I'll just turn to Facebook. I created my Facebook, I think it was in 2010, right? So uh, that's 10 years of data that Facebook could be collecting on me. Let's turn that around to TikTok. That's 10 years of, of continuous data collection on such a popular platform that could potentially be bundled up and secretly handed over to a, a adversarial government. Correct. Yeah. So the data collection thing is, I guess, the last of our three main points here. And you just hit on a really good note about the length of information that could be collected. The other thing is uh, the, the age thing to me is the one that rubs me the wrong way and kind of encourages me to be more strong instead of lenient here and what the, the action should be taken, again, through the right means that we've discussed. But the fact that the, uh, the FTC has already handed out penalties for collecting data on 13-year-olds and younger is one of the bigger concerns because, you know, as parents, especially older parents, uh, you know, of a 13-year-old might not be as familiar with the correct measures to take on the internet and on social media as they should be. Um, and kids are vulnerable. And if uh, our parents aren't able to be well equipped to handle that, then the government needs to maybe do something and step in and make sure that this vulnerable population isn't as vulnerable as they can be. I'll agree with that. And um, just something to, to add in about the ongoing negotiations uh, with Microsoft, that Microsoft is potentially seeking to purchase not just the American, the United States version of TikTok, but also Australia, Canada, and New Zealand. Um, 
and we know that Twitter has joined those negotiations. Um, Microsoft is generally the favored party, it being a larger company, longer track record, and uh, just more more funds available to purchase. So, uh, Jake, I guess I'll, I'll put you on the spot here. Let's say Microsoft does purchase the mm-hmm. American, Australian, Canadian, New Zealand, TikTok. Like, w- what happens? Better, worse? I mean, it can't really get worse, right? As long as <laughs> that's, a, that's a good up. point. As long as Microsoft isn't backdoor funneling information and data to the U.S. government or the Chinese government, you know, one of the things I've been thinking about is I don't know how China can say no, or if, if they're if they are in charge of, of owning TikTok, how they can say no. It'd be a pretty bad look if Microsoft tried to buy TikTok and they said, eh, "We're not really sure. We want to hand you over all the privileges that we have here." So it kind of seems like it's inevitable. So that's a pretty good question you're asking about. What does that mean? How do we feel about it in that way? Um, and then again, we could talk for hours about the data privacy issues with with Facebook and Twitter, right? And some of those same things would crop up again if an American company owned TikTok. So there's still concerns there. But you know, I don't want to be the fun killer in the room. I don't want TikTok. <laughs> some of it is funny. Some of it is enjoyable. So we do need to find a medium, um, especially in these. Uh, I'm going to use a, a phrase here: these trying times to keep the American <laughs> happy, right? So TikTok can't go away. I think that's that's the answer to my question there. And it would be better if Microsoft owned it than. A potential arm of the Chinese government. I'll agree. I just, I don't know if Microsoft is the best company. I mean, they've painted themselves to be kind of the um, upstanding corporate, um, really American company that you look doesn't... at Bill Gates. He looks like he can trust them. Exactly. He doesn't dabble in social media. I mean, it would, would, would Microsoft take this and then kind of run this this great social media app into the ground, would it be better if Facebook took it or if Twitter took it? Um, that's a good question. So, I mean, we've seen the the Instagram real thing, right? Which is Facebook's attempt to mimic TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of put us in a position where we thought, okay, maybe this was the end of TikTok. Mm-hmm. We're just going to let an American company bite it and do their own thing, which would be classic Zuckerberg and Facebook, right? <laughs> yes. Um, but I, I think TikTok will survive. I think an American company will buy it. And I think that that leaves us in a better situation than the current ownership. I, I think that's pretty fair. And I guess my last question for you. So what is the biggest takeaway that a listener to this would need to take away from this TikTok situation? So I, I want to get to our takeaways in one second. I have one last question for you. Oh, so good. Question me for the whole time. What do you think this means for the future of foreign-owned apps that collect American data in the United States? That is a good one. So I guess the slippery slope of TikTok points to how the U.S. looks at what a free internet is. And does that mean that a foreign-owned app that is collecting information is not actually, uh, it doesn't fit in with our framework of a free internet because they're not an American app. Um, I think we really need to pay attention to the fact that um, this might just be a China thing, right? We have a very big uh, newfound emphasis on the pivot to the Pacific. Um, I don't think we would be acting the same way if this was a French app, if this was a German app. Yes. Um, and, uh, I do, I do think that this is kind of a, it's kind of geopolitics, right? That our adversary, one of our named 
by the government standards, adversaries is in control, not in control, but almost an infiltration. Almost. Yes. It's based in one of our adversarial nations. And I think that that's an important point. Like I said, if this was Germany running TikTok, we wouldn't be having this discussion. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. And I'll pivot back to your question to me about takeaways. I think there's really three main takeaways. One is that I would encourage you to be an informed consumer with your data and privacy and that when you sign up and post things on TikTok, you should know that it has links to the Chinese government and that your data might be going somewhere that you're not comfortable with it going. Um, two is that I think this is a good this is a good time for us to look at presidential powers and of course it's a little off topic from what we usually like to talk to. But, <laughs> but go uh, ahead. Yeah, I think that when we're making a decision so big that's going to affect so many people in our country that we should be encouraging of our legislation and our legislature to enact legislation. It's a tongue twister that would solve this problem. Like the president shouldn't be doing this himself. We've seen cross the aisle support for um, concerns about TikTok. So why can't we act in a way that, that mimics that and not have to rely on the president to do it himself? Um, and finally, um, I think there is a future for TikTok in the United States, and you should not panic about it going away if you are an avid user. I'm just going to piggyback off of that. I think that this isn't a tit-for-tat with China, although in the context of what's been going on, uh, it might seem that this is just another, uh, you did this, so we'll do that. And I've also seen posts that claim President Trump hates young Americans because he doesn't support them using a non-American-owned social media platform. But those really aren't – that's not the case for what's going on here. You still might actually hate young Americans though. Uh, Okay. Well, I'm not one to comment on that. But the point is to – we're trying to avoid giving China in any way an information advantage by weaponizing data that TikTok collects. And I mean it's the data you agree to send them when you create an account. But – we're trying to avoid being in an information disadvantage to a rival. Well, that looks like the end of this rabbit hole. Thanks for listening. If you have a topic you want us to cover, please send it our way. You can find us on Twitter at DownTRH. Put your comments under the SoundCloud episode. Or you can email us at downtrh.pod at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our next episode coming soon.